at the ball game, but nobody else is playing. This is another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike in a moment. And as if my pipes and my beautiful singing didn't tip you off, as well as the intro song, you're getting a baseball episode from MMO Today. We here at MMO, uh, we love doing our little homemade award shows from time to time. And since it's the beginning of spring, and everyone could use a little bit of a pick-me-up right now since we're all in quarantine and there's no actual baseball going on, as Mike and myself are ardent and hardcore lifelong Yankee fans, instead of checking in with them, we're going to be checking in with the titans of the baseball players in the cinematic world, as we will be doing a baseball movie award show for you, dear listeners today. Mike, how are we going about this? Yeah, three simple segments uh, to start things off. We are going to set our lineups and build our organizations, our fictional organizations, with the best characters in the history of baseball movies at every position, on and off the field. That was a lot of fun to prepare, Michael. Uh, We're going to do a best scene segment, and then we're going to do a best movie segment. It's really that simple. This award show basically wrote itself. Well, that, well, that's a good thing, right? We we like these things. We like doing these award shows where they kind of are, are written out for us. And we've done something similar in the past. We've yes. had a two-part basketball award show that we did early on in our podcast. In fact, we've done 13 episodes worth of content prior to today of our homemade award show. So you can scroll down in our playlist tab over there on SoundCloud.com backslash Mike, Mike, and Oscar. And you can find the MMO Made Award Shows. That's where you'll find our annual horror movie award called The Scaries, the shows we do at the end of every rewatch series from the MCU Awards to the Joker Awards. We do a year-end award show, which you, you, the listener, mostly write for us. We call those the Mike, Mike, and Oscars. So again... The MMO Made Award Shows playlist on our SoundCloud, and today's Baseball Movie Awards will go on there as well, so let's get it started. Michael, you already said we're going to start by making our fictitious cinematic baseball lineups. What do we got? All right, I'm going to make some declarations, because I think a few of these characters are just definitively the best. Okay. Here here we go. The best home plate umpire character (laughs) in baseball movie history is Leslie Nielsen from The Naked Gun. <laughs> He's playing Frank Drebin, who's playing Enrico Palazzo. Enrico undercover. Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> undercover as the umpire. You agree with that? Absolutely. Steerike 2! My favorite gifts on the internet, I think. Uh, we have the best general manager. He is Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean in Moneyball. I mean, what's the other option? The owner from Major League, who's a bitch? (laughs) I think Dan Hedaya has played a general manager before. Like, all of the general managers in cinematic baseball movie history are dicks. So (laughs) this one is actually a fun character, a well-done character, well-acted character. Yes. Brad Pitt and Moneyball. So, therefore, the best assistant GM is Jonah Hill as Peter Brand, who is a stand-in for Paul DePodesta, the real-life assistant GM of the Oakland A's at that time. Yeah, and that movie just overall, I thought, deserved more praise at the time. And certainly looking back on it, Moneyball is just a very well done movie, period. I agree. Now, the flimsiest of these declarations is the best pitching coach character of all time. Because there's been a lot of good ones from uh, the guy in Little Big League, who's like this old vet, to the you know the Arliss character in uh, Bull Durham, which I just rewatched last night. There's a lot of good pitching coaches in, in history, but I say nay. 
Phil Brickma from Rookie of the Year, played by Daniel Stern, <laughs> is the best. You didn't like uh, you didn't like Brandon Frazier's uh, pseudo pitching coach, pseudo psychiatrist, pseudo agent there in the scout. The old uh, what's what's the actor's name? Albert Brooks. Yeah, the the old Albert Brooks character there talking him down off the ledge. I do. He'll come into play in a minute, but no, I I haven't seen the floater pitch since Scruffy McGee. Come on, it's the greatest character of all Fair. time all right. in our child hood movie watching lives can we just i'll agree with you i went over the top but he's a great character (laughs) all right the best dh and i think the only dh that i could find was pedro serrano in major league played by all state spokesman dennis haysbert yeah formerly the president of these united states (laughs) from the first season of 24 as well and it doesn't matter if there's another dh that we're missing because he sets the standard that's right. That's right. He's got the Jobu side character. <laughs> you prank the Jobu. Uh, That's hilarious. all. This is going to be 45, 50 minutes of us just doing horrible impersonations of these great characters. The Chris Farley show for an hour. Right. <laughs> no question about it. Mike, the best groundskeeper of all time is unequivocally Kevin Costner <laughs> in Field of Dreams. I didn't even look up his character's name, but if he builds it, they will come. So you've got to hand it to him. He strikes me as the guy who would not be paying his lower employees for keeping the field going during this government <laughs> shutdown. So uh, I, I don't know that I can back him during these hard times in 2020. But yeah, overall, he definitely did a hell of a job of creating a field out of nothing. It's a beautiful field and the ghosts, <laughs> they come to it. So, yes, that's the, true. you know, that being said, the best clairvoyant new friend of a groundskeeper <laughs> is author Terrence Mann, <laughs> a.k.a. James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams. The most illustrious of the awards for this baseball, uh, probably the most wide open as well. Yes, I agree. All right. So, Michael, those were our declarations for the rest of these positions. You have to make some tough tough choices here so we'll each pick our starting lineups use whatever criteria you want i am gonna pick my favorite character the best movie character as my only criteria okay that's fair i'll go about this as if i'm actually trying to build a team and see who could do the the best on-field product i like this Okay, so the best major league scout in a movie. We have Clint Eastwood, Justin Timberlake, or Amy Adams in Trouble with the Curve. Mm-hmm. We have John Lovitz playing Ernie Capadino <laughs> in A League of Their Own. Okay. And we have Albert Brooks. He is Al Percolo. A lot of Italians who are baseball scouts in The Scout. Yeah, some might call it lazy writing. Uh, I, I, think, I think Albert Brooks is a necessity... In your clubhouse, it seems like you could deal with any sort of head case if he's there. He might be able to calm down your egomaniacal and, and maybe your your mysterious superstars that are going through a little something. John Lovitz cannot be my answer because he doesn't know talent when he sees it in that movie. <laughs> so he's out. Did you tell the cows you'd write? <laughs> he's, my fa- he's my favorite character, so I'm picking him. But yeah, you have that's a tough proper. choice That's here. proper. Clint uh, Eastwood can hear a swing and know if it's good or not, or you have Albert Brooks finding Brendan Fraser. I like Trouble with the Curve, but there are some moments that are preposterous. Yes. Uh, I will probably go with Albert Brooks because I see him as more of a necessity, even though Clint Eastwood... Well, no, I'll go Clint Eastwood. I'll go Clint Eastwood. Albert Brooks should be on on the payroll as a team psychiatrist, but Clint Eastwood certainly has the eyes, ears, and sense for talent uh, when he sees it. So Albert Brooks oversteps... His role as a scout in The Scout. (laughs) Right, exactly. They have to round out his character. All right, best play-by-play announcer. And this is harder than you think. 
Obviously, you got Bob Euchre playing Harry Doyle in Major League. He's probably Just the front a bit outside. John Candy plays Cliff Murdoch, though, in Rookie of the Year, and he's yes. hilarious. Yes, he is. He's very, very good. We have the greatest antagonist in play-by-play announcer history, I think, in J.O. Sanders. <laughs> he plays, get this name, Ranch Wilder in 1994. I'm Ranch Wilder, the voice of the angels <laughs> angels in the outfield there michael and then we have perhaps the greatest play-by-play announcer in real life baseball history we have vin scully playing himself and for the love of the game so who do you have here mike oh i'm taking my favorite character is bob Euchre by a mile like by, a, by a country mile now i'm picking the the reality the baseball version of this so i have to pick vin scully even though Bob Euchre was quite good at yes. it when he did it for the Brewers as well. But Vince Scully is baseball, so I'd have to... But the character, yeah, by a mile, it's what Bob Euchre did in those Major League movies. And I rewatched For the Love of the Game like a couple weeks ago. Not a great movie, let's right. just say, yeah. for the record. However... The baseball's really good, and Vin Scully outdoes himself. And in, in I mean, he's using some of his best stuff. I really loved it. So, Vin Scully is less a play-by-play man and more of a poet that happens to have a microphone right. in a field. He is a throwback to those old, you know, Casey at the bat. Yep. You know, writers. Absolutely. Essentially. You're right. Uh, manager. Best manager. This is tough. We have Danny Glover's George Knox in 1994's Angels in the Outfield. George mm-hmm. Knox. We have Walter Matthau is Morris Buttermaker in 1976's The Bad News Bears. I don't think you could get away with The Bad News Bears in 2020, can you? Absolutely not. He should have been locked up. <laughs> right. I, I just That's want... exactly what I was thinking. Mike, I rewatched some clips of that movie, and he's throwing kids across the dugout. Yeah. Like 12-year-olds. Like, yeah. lock this man up. He's and drunk. It was considered good, wholesome family entertainment back in the 70s. It's a t- he's a terrible, terrible man. Good. Mike, I'm glad we agree. Tom Hanks is Jimmy Dugan in A League of Their Own. Mike, is there crying in baseball? I can't remember. <laughs> we have James Gammon. He is Sweet Lou Brown <laughs> oh. in Major League. Maybe the most perfectly casted role in cinematic history. I can't, my voice can't even get low enough for him. Uh, <laughs> we have Wilford Brimley is Pop Fisher, Pop Fisher in The Natural, and he's a great old-school baseball manager in that. What a dick he is. He is, and he is a dick, and he does have a great name as well. Pop Fisher is a great old-school baseball name. Now, I will say, for the love of the game, posts a really good baseball movie manager in J.K. Simmons as Frank Perry. That's Oscar winner J.K. Simmons. I saw for the love of the game as like one of our group outings in middle school. I think oh, we were no. in seventh or eighth grade. And I remember that's the only time I saw it, and I just remember thinking, This is the longest movie ever. <laughs> There's too many flashbacks. A flashback structure only For works. every batter. Every he's got a story with every oh, batter on the God. opposing team. <laughs> just show me the game. Like they undercut themselves and take away the suspense from the game. I too <laughs> love the game. I would love to see the game. That's why I'm here. Have a couple of flashbacks to the to the B storyline, but they're trying to make it run parallel to one another, the romance and the perfect game. Just you got you can't do both. No, you I can't. <laughs> All right. Now Philip Seymour Hoffman is in stature, so much smaller. He looks like a non athlete. Art Howe <laughs> is a six foot three monster of a man who could control the room based on his presence alone. Kind of like George Washington when we've seen people p- play him in other movies. Look Art Howe 
is a monstrous presence in Moneyball, despite the fact that he's small, short Philip Seymour Hoffman because of how PSH plays him, though. That has to be the first time in American history Art Howe has been compared to George Washington. Well, I'm just thinking of George Washington's in the uh, HBO miniseries. Uh, you know, Paul Giamatti is, is you know, at Mr. Uh, John Adams. The John right? Adams series, right. Same deal. Right, like, sure. Wh- whatever. All right. You had Al- me at Howard Howe. Albert Hall is Sal Martinella in Rookie of the Year. Why was Rookie of the Year so reliant on so many Italian names? <laughs> this is not an Italian man. They, they were in tell. Chicago. <laughs> Garden Hosa. I mean, he, he is hilarious. That whole movie mispronouncing Rowan Gartner's name. So he's a great pick uh, if you do go with him. Luke Edwards is Billy Haywood. He's the kid in Little Big League managing the Twins. All right, re- re- remind me, Little Big League is which one now? Give me a quick synopsis rundown. So he inherits the team, I guess. Uh, Billy Hayward's like a 13-year-old kid who's a baseball statistician nut, a baseball nerd. And basically he puts himself, once he's you know owning the okay. team, he okay. puts himself as the manager yes. of the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> yes, yes. Absurd. <laughs> underrated film. It's underrated. As you think so? Movies go. Yeah, I've been re-watching clips of it all day, all morning. But you, you prefer Rookie okay. of the Year to it, yes? I do because Rookie of the Year is funnier, but there's right. pretty damn good baseball in Little Big League, okay. I must say. Fair. Now, I didn't re-watch this movie, but I remember it being okay. I know my younger brothers like it. Keanu Reeves is the coach of Michael B. Jordan, oh etc. in Hardball as Connor O'Neill. Yeah, Yo, you can't just drop Hardball on people. You have to prepare them in conversation for that if you're going to insert it. That's one of the saddest, most depressing scenes. Oh, oh I don't remember that movie at all. You don't remember G-Baby? I, I G baby's like the little kid ball yes. fat boy. Right. Yes, yes. Oh, oh boy, so I sad. don't remember it. Yeah, you're better off for it. I wish. All right, you got to pick one. Who's your manager? Uh, Walter Matthau would not go over well. <laughs> and I, I should have put the Bull Durham manager in here. I, I just rewatched that movie, so yeah, he's he's involved too. Go ahead. Announce my presence with authority. Um, <laughs> I think. Art Howe was the was the manager of some pretty successful major league teams. If I'm putting together an actual major league franchise here, and I think that was an underrated and understated performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman as well. He was very angry and very high tension at times, but like Art Howe never did with the media. Hoffman never really was like stern or well, he was stern, but not high strung, not exasperated. I, I I think I would pick him. So I'm torn between Tom Hanks and James Gammon and Major League and a league of their own. Right. Even though I would say Albert Hall made me laugh the hardest. Okay. (laughs) Tom Hanks makes you laugh. Look, I got to go with Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan. I mean, that character is hysterical. So memorable. So memorable. I think James Gammon would be my number two because he seems to be a really like a player's coach. As in he has nothing to do with the team. He just sits back and let the players do absolutely everything. And they were responsible for the turnaround. I think he's that would go over some, well. Uh, he's got some great lines in that movie. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into those. All right, Mike, so we're picking our position players now. We have best catcher, and this could be Gina Davis. She is Dottie Henson in a league of their own. Mm-hmm. She catches that ball with one hand and yes, does she a split. Does. <laughs> oh, some great moments from her. We have Kevin Costner. He is Crash Davis in Bull Durham 
based on Ron Shelton's real life experiences in the minor leagues, playing minor league baseball. He he's a realistic character. I would another all time great uh, baseball name too, from coming from uh, the Bull Durham, the Naturals. Those movie Crash right. Davis is a great name. That is a great name. John C. Riley plays a pretty damn good catcher and for the love of the game as Gus Sinski. I forgot he was in that movie until I read your copy here. He can play ball, man. I mean, he's yeah. a pretty good athlete, John C. Riley. I give him credit. Robert De Niro is Bruce Pearson in Bang the Drum Slowly, Michael. I've never seen this movie. I hear it has bad baseball, but here's why I've never seen this movie. My parents told me that this was the movie they went to on their first date, Aww. and it's very depressing, and I don't want to watch that movie <laughs> for many complicated Freudian, I don't even, I don't know, reasons, correct? Uh, yeah, I think that's, a, that's an understandable position you have. I neither have seen Bang the Drum Slowly, and the only thing that comes to mind is the uh, there was a Family Guy joke about it. It's like Bang the Drum Slowly. Slowly, but the drum is a girl. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that can't be good. Whatever you said can't be good. Michael, John Candy plays Spike Nolan wow. in Brewster's, Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor. And he's, again, not a great catcher in terms of just, you know, objectively, but it's a great character. I agree. I, John Candy, I never was, like, the biggest fan of his. I know you are, but mm. I, like, in, since doing this practice with MMO, he's one of those guys I've gone back and rewatched some movies that he's been in. I didn't realize at the time just how much he added to every movie he was in. Oh, it's my favorite. Even, yeah. like, a, a day's worth of shooting on Home Alone. Right, exactly. That's exactly does, what I'm thinking of right now. The man does wonders with uh, improv and all that. And that's from second, his Second City days, for sure. Yeah. All right, last two. We have Tom Berenger playing Jake Taylor in Major League. Mm-hmm. What a character. Yep. And then we have Patrick Renna. He is Ham Porter <laughs> in The Sandlot. <laughs> Pick your catcher. So, for me... Uh, Robert De Niro, unfortunately, is disqualified because I've not seen Bang the Drum slowly. And when you put Robert De Niro there, I thought you were going to have him being his catcher from uh, that Wesley Snipes movie, The Fan, where they're having oh, a really? catch on the beach and, <laughs> and he's a creep, so I wouldn't have picked him anyway. John C. Riley is probably the proper answer, but Gina Davis playing Dottie Henson, she brings leadership, she brings toughness, she brings charisma. I'd be happy to have her behind the plate for my team. She's awesome, and that's a great character, too, because that's a character that just fits the baseball mentality. That's a soft-spoken, stoic character who's just awesome at the game, who's super confident on the you know borderline levels of arrogant mm-hmm. when the way she plays the game. Like Crash Davis says, you got to play this game with fear and arrogance, which is... Yeah. Totally, I mean, she's uh, she's a lunch pail type player. She she knows what she's doing. She's very capable. She shows up to do her job, and if anyone gets out of line, she's not afraid to step up to them. That's a leader. Kevin, that's a clubhouse leader. Yeah, but Kevin Costner's whole speech there, when I'm trying to you know pick Gina Davis with that speech, it doesn't make any sense because it's contradictory. Fear and arrogance. <laughs> anyway, that, that movie was a love story. It wasn't about baseball at all. <laughs> that's right. Gina Davis is the pick there. Dottie Henson catching that ball with one hand. I mean, saving the league, doing the split. I mean, come on. That's again. I, you know, I'm kind of tipping off the fact that I love a league of their own. But there it is. It's a great Michael, movie. starting pitcher, and this is very difficult. Yeah, we is. have Thomas Ian Nicholas, who I looked like a stunt double of for this movie when <laughs> I was kind a of kid. Too. Yes. Plays Henry Rowengartner from Rookie of the Year. It's going to be tough to not pick him. Also from that movie, we have Gary Busey as one of the greatest baseball movie names ever. Chet, Chet <laughs> Stedman. 
Chet Stedman, Michael. Remember when Gary Busey was a bankable Hollywood star? <laughs> Gary Busey wasn't off the reservation back then, <laughs> playing this guy with like eyes that don't bug out the whole. Yeah, world. he looked he looked human, looked normal, and he's a pretty good baseball player. We have Tim Robbins. He plays Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch in Bull Durham. Another he's great name. Probably the answer, except that he's got a huge attitude problem. Yeah, he does have a huge... He has a five-cent head, though. He has a million-dollar arm and a five-cent right. head. <laughs> Kevin Costner is Billy Chapel in For the Love of the Game. He's a damn good pitcher. Now, he was he was like a journeyman at that stage, right? He wasn't like an ace or anything at that point. No, he, well, he was at the end of his long-time right. career with the Detroit Tigers. Right. He had played his whole career there. He was, he was having like a 500 season, but his his you know all-star days were behind him. He probably has a Hall of Fame career. So he actually pitched throughout the shoots every day and got to a point, if you listen to the Bill Simmons interview, where he was like begging these MLB trainers for like, hey, give me the good stuff. I need whatever you give the real life pitchers. Don't hold back anymore. And that's how Kevin Costner ended up benching 550 pounds. That's right. All right. Lori Petty is a damn good pitcher as Kit Keller, sister of Dottie Henson in a league of their own. Yeah. Great mouth on her, too. All those wisecracks. Funny. Uh, Brendan Frazier is Steve Nebraska, the phenom in the sta- in the scout. So Steve Nebraska suffers the same fate that uh, Abby Calvin Nuke Lelouch does in that <laughs> I didn't pick Albert Brooks. I mean, Albert Brooks might be on my payroll, but he's not my head scout, so I can't have these head cases pitching for me. That's right. Uh, and speaking of head cases, you have Richard Pryor in Mon- is Montgomery <laughs> Brewster and Brewster's Millions. <laughs> Maybe for entertainment value, I bring him in. He's funny, but he was coked up in that movie. Jesus God. <laughs> I, I think there's David. a famous interview where he actually talks about that, Mike. I can't I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think he's actually one of the movies, one of his, his legendary uh, skits he was in or movies he was in. He talks about how he was just out of his mind the whole time. He had one facial expression that whole film, which was <laughs> bugged out, scary eyes. I like I wanted to love that movie more. I'd never seen it going into this, but oh Jesus God, he scared me. David Strathairn is Eddie Seacott and Eight Men Out. Eight Men Out's kind of an underrated baseball movie. It gets lost at time. I don't think it's like great by any means, but it, right. the story to it is really, really fascinating. And to be filmed in the the time when it was that late '80s kind of thing, where it was really this famous ensemble piece, it, it's it's a good watch. I don't know that it holds up, you know, scene to scene anymore, but it's still decent. I've never gone in for that movie as much. I had a great uncle who tried to get me obsessed with the movie. Like he gave me all these baseball cards for Eight Men Out. He gave me the movie and it was like he was really trying to bond with me over that movie. And now I feel bad because like I never liked the movie. I well, never liked it. I just never liked the movie. I know John Cusack's in it, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to pick it for anything today. That's, but, a, uh, that's a burden it, of disappointment you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life is all. My great uncle, who tried to bond with me the one time in my life, <laughs> failed. And you turned him down. Failed you with disappointed that movie. him. Yeah. I tried. No, I bullshitted. I'm like, yeah, it's a great movie. But no, it, never, <laughs> it was never a genuine relationship that we had. Who says baseball can't bring out the therapy in people? That's a true story. Here we go. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall is Whitey Ford in 61. I thought that was a great supporting character. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize that was Anthony Michael Hall playing that role. 
It absolutely wow. was. And he was he had the white hair and everything yeah. and you know, a lot of, you know, good side, you know, after the game scenes, not necessarily in the game right. scenes, but uh that's a that's a pretty good movie from Billy Crystal. Michael, we have Tatum O'Neill. She plays Amanda Wurlitzer in 1976's Bad News Bears. That would be quite the headline if I'm doing this, picking this for real and my whole entire battery is uh, a twelve year old girl and an older female catcher. That might have, hey, you never know. I mean, she was dominant. <laughs> she I was. Mean, if, you, if you talk about the you know the state of play and you project her to the major league, that's true. Yeah, later, she's got the highest upside here. You can make the argument. <laughs> uh, we have Freddie Prince Jr. He is Ryan Dunn in Summer Catch. Yeah, I'm not picking him. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picking that movie. I'm not acknowledging its existence. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, uh, well, you go first here, Mike. This is tough. Look, it's not tough for me. I'm picking Thomas Ian Nicholas because he's, uh, you know, someone who I could have stunt doubled for as a youth. <laughs> and that's that's like, according to everybody, I looked exactly like that kid growing up. And then I turned into the man I am today. Anyway, Henry Rowan Gardner, Rookie of the Year. And I don't know how you don't pick him either. He's well, dominant. That's what I was going to ask you. What, what, what am I getting? What, what Henry Rowan Gardner am I getting here? And do we believe that he is still capable of pitching at a major league level, even though he kind of lost his magic, no. so he was on his own at the end there? So is he not. just like, is he a 12-year-old who can just mow down professional hitters even without any kind of superstitious thing going on? It's clear you don't want to pick him, and you're trying to rationalize out of it. I'll, I'll give you the pass. Just no, no, no. I want, I want to pick him, but I don't want to pick a 12-year-old that can't pitch. If he has the cyborg <laughs> surgically enhanced arm, then he has to be your choice if you're trying to pick a dominant team. Yes. Because he's unhittable. Right. But doesn't he lose it at the end of the movie, and then he ends up pitching it by himself? Or am I thinking yeah. of something else? Yeah. God. So yeah. does he have that anymore if I, if I draft him? Does he and come with the arm? theoretical exercise i don't know what the fuck you want me to say to you right now i'm taking him but if he gets blown up early he's fucking done he's out <laughs> all right well you do. it's a risky pick it's boomer bust <laughs> mike the best closer and i guess i should have put freddie prince in here he was a relief pitcher we have charlie sheen in major league ricky the wild thing vaughn i mean that's got to be the pick but go ahead man. We have Dennis Quaid as Jimmy Morris in The Rookie, real-life character. And we have uh, Bradley J. Leslie. What a great character this one is. Jack Blackout Gatling in Little Big League. He's oh, that's big a great nickname guy. for a closer. Right? Yeah. So the the, the, the pick is Charlie Sheen. It, ha- it has to be. It has to be Charlie Sheen as Rick Wildthing Vaughn. <laughs> that's right. All right, first base is very, very tough. We have Chris Pratt as Scott Hatterberg in Moneyball. How about all the roles Chris Pratt did before he turned into Chris Pratt? I know. He was the uh, Zero Dark Thirty, like, yeah. assassin guy in uh, SEAL Team 6. Uh, yeah. He pops and, up well, in a couple he got places. in shape, he got some good roles. Yeah. We have Gary Cooper, Mike. I just watched this for the first time. I can't believe I've never seen it. Playing Lou Gehrig in the Pride of the Yankees Oscar nominee. I have not seen it. What would you think of it? I was a big fan. I was a big fan. It, it, it surprisingly holds up really really well and it's an emotional movie it's an emotional movie i mean they they take some big swings uh, with the screenplay but yeah i would give it a positive review i, I bought it for six dollars on amazon prime and uh, we may be reviewing it again for another series that we've been talking about down the line so mm. i own it now all right there you go <laughs> timothy busfield mike is lou collins in little big league this ginger haired man is also <laughs> He is also the bank representative in Field of Dreams. 
and he has some hilarious dueling speeches with uh, James Earl Jones, who's go- just pontificating about the beauty of baseball. And then he's like, I will evict you from your farm <laughs> in between all of James Earl Jones' stuff. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. You will be broke. He's trying to help him. You need to sign away your farm. Oh, my God. He, anyway, he suffers. Busfield. He suffers from having a very punchable face in Little Big League, though. That's right. He does. But he's the Don Mattingly of that movie. He's right. the old seasoned vet who's actually right. a good player who doesn't give the, you know, the, the child manager any shit. But... <laughs> We have Michael Rooker, who plays the uh, Ch- uh, Chuck Gandil character in Eight Men Out. Michael Rooker's face, of course, you would guess that he's the first man to decide <laughs> to throw the series, the lead villain. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> Mike, we have Tom Selleck as Jack Elliott, the washed-up uh, American baseball player going overseas to Japan in Mr. Baseball I to rediscover himself. I can't worked in Mr. Baseball. <laughs> That's an underrated okay movie, isn't it? I Like I told you i have not i saw that movie i think once when i was six years old on vhs right. <laughs> I, was I, don't, I can't tell you anything about it i was re-watching clips and it wasn't terrible i i remember watching that like on a sunday afternoon at my grandmother's like, at 11 or something I, I i'm with you i didn't re-watch it for this then we have i mean it's tough to pick against him here chadwick bozeman is jackie robinson in 42 he did start his career at first base even though he was a career second baseman and he played first base in this movie so really i mean it comes down to jackie robinson versus lou garrick if you're starting an actual team and you right. certainly can't pick Chuck Gandel because he'll sell your team up the river the first chance he gets. So that's, that's true. <laughs> I'm a Yankees fan. I would, you know, I think Lou Gehrig's probably the best first baseman of all time. But imagine the heart and toughness and leadership if I put Jackie Robinson with Dottie Henson. So I'm going to pick Jackie Robinson. I'm going to pick Jackie Robinson as well. It's it's weird how we have different criteria, but we're picking the Coming same person. The same answer. They built the movie around Chadwick Boseman there for obvious reasons, and there's a million a great there's a million great scenes in that film. Just watch rewatching the clips. I saw it when it came out, but rewatching the clips, I mean, there's a collision at first base where he's got this, you know, this heroic thing where he gets up from it and he's obviously injured, but he keeps playing. He's like, get me up on my feet. There's another clip in the movie where, you know, him and his second baseman are having a moment. The first time he, he's in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that film build, builds around Chadwick Boseman's acting prowess, not just the, this character that uh, is, is, it's again reminiscent of a great ball player where you got this stoicism, you got this guy who could just hang tough and keep an even keel emotionally, which I think in a lot of these baseball movies you don't get because you got these, you know, actors hamming it up in many cases. Yeah, but this going is a for real comedy, life baseball they're going character. for the love story or the yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He's a I mean, he's a real life hero. All right, quickly, second base, we have Megan Cavanaugh playing Marla Hooch in A League of Their Own. <laughs> we have Vilmer Valderrama oh my God. playing Mickey Dominguez in Summer Catch from, of course, that 70s show. Mike, we have Suarez in Rookie of the Year, E. Milton Wheeler, fun character there as well. Kind of light pickings here for second base. I can't. I, know. I can't in good conscience put Jackie Robinson with Vilmer Valderrama. <laughs> So I guess Marla I'll, Hooch had the bat, right? I was going to say, I'll take Marla Hooch because she could at least get it done at the plate, it seemed. You have to. You have to go with Marla Hooch there. No question. Third base, we have Corbin Burnson 
He is Roger Dorn in Major League. <laughs> we have Rosie O'Donnell is uh, Doris Murky, Murphy in A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. We have Stoney Jackson as Ray Mitchell in Angels of the uh, Angels in the Outfield. I, I would pick Roger Doran just because I think it would lead to some interesting uh, clubhouse shenanigans. And if you, you can't have all choir boys on your team, right? You got to have a little edge to you somewhere. He's got an arc to his character, I would agree, where he <laughs> learns how to take one off the chest. And yeah, I mean, there's definitely a whole thing with him and uh, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. He's probably the biggest character in, in at third base. And yeah, I have to go with that. Although I like Rosie O'Donnell's Doris Murphy as well. Same here. Mike. Shortstop, we have Mike Vitar. He plays Benny the Jet Rodriguez in the Sandlot. Mm -hmm. We have Jeffrey Davies playing Kelly Leak, one of the best players on 2005's Bad News Bears. Uh, in 1976s, I think we had he played a different position, so that's why I put him here. Okay, the 2005 version, and we have John Cusack playing Buck Weaver in Eight Men Out. Look, I respect Buck Weaver. I, I can't pick any of the eight men out guys on my team. I will be I'll it. be penniless. I'll be championshipless <laughs> and penniless. And I mean Benny the Jet Rodriguez is maybe the best fictional baseball player of all time. Okay, so you gotta go with him. Yes, that's who I would pick. All right, I'm 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 with you again because uh it's it's just a great character, even though he's a terrible actor in that movie. I was just I'm just gonna say it. Like his reaction wow. shots his reaction shots are awful. Taking shots at the jet, the legend, the Los Angeles Dodgers legend. I like him despite his reaction shots though, so I picked him. All right, left field, we have Ray Liotta playing shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. We have Brian White. He is Rex T-Rex Pennybaker in Mr. 3000. <laughs> can't believe Mr. Baseball, Mr. 3000. Don't make a baseball movie with Mr. at the lead of it. <laughs> yeah, those, those movies aren't the best. But we also have an underrated character in 61, the Billy Crystal movie. Bob Serve is played by Chris Bauer, who plays bad guys in every other movie, but he plays like this great like roommate who's also a teammate character yeah and he, he gives he's like a, a pal in that movie right he's like giving advice and stuff i, I again 61 is another one i watched it on hbo when it came out and i don't think i've seen it since it's it not as like good teen it, yeah, it doesn't hold up no it doesn't hold up as a movie movie like billy crystal hasn't directed that many but it's like a good yankee movie like the first time you watch it if you're a yankee fan you go gaga over it but i, I re-watched it a couple months back, and it's it's not as good as I, just, I remembered it. I just remember still having a crush on Barry Pepper because of it. I'm just being impressed with what Barry Pepper did in that movie. Yeah, and That's no. really the only memory I have. But uh, Shoeless Joe is the smart pick for me, but I can't pick him. So no, I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick Bob Serve from 61. I think, again, I have to agree with you. Wow, we're going to have very similar teams. Yeah, it's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, he, he's a great side character. Like, Ray Liotta's character is a nothing character. He's right. just there. I mean, right. he's like the MacGuffin of the film, even he, though he's, he was there to, like, complete the ensemble. Get right. He's in the film, but right. he's like the, what, you know, the Kevin Costner character is chasing. All right, center field, Mike. Uh, we have Thomas Jane playing Mickey Mantle in 61. Mm-hmm. We have Madonna is May Mortabito in A League of Their Own. Imagine Great if character. I picked Madonna over Mickey Mantle. We have Tommy Lee Jones playing Ty Cobb and Cobb. Ooh, that's and a deep cut. A, we have an abundance of riches here. Like we yeah, probably we do. Should, 
play people out of position because Wesley Snipes is Willie Mays Hayes in Major League. I think we're going. I, I think we're going to disagree finally because I can't not pick either Ty Cobb or Mickey Mantle. But thinking about this, when you pitched that we were going to pick our own lineups, my first thought was I have to have Willie Mays Hayes as my leadoff but hitter. As a baseball player, he's not as good as no, Mickey Mantle. No, or he's Ty not. Cobb. So I, I exactly exactly. Uh, God, if I picked Ty Cobb, I would have fistfights all day between Corbin Bernstein and Ty Cobb. I'm going to pick true. Mickey Mantle, even yeah. though Mickey Mantle will probably sleep with Roger Dorn's wife or ex-wife here. <laughs> I'm going to pick Willie Mays Hayes as a yeah. baseball character. You have even to. Though, yeah, I mean, he's a great character. He's hilarious, that whole film. Just the way he sets up to bat every time, the way he throws Shaking his hips his back ass, and forth. Yeah. And it's like a, the bat's like a sword. Oh, it's hysterical. That, that movie is great. So, all right, we had, we differentiate for once. All right, now we got to go to right field. Last part of this starting lineup. We have Barry Pepper is Roger Maris in 61. Or the, he might have been a left fielder, but all right, I'm going to use him at right field here. We have Robert Redford is Roy Hobbs in The Natural. <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley is Kelly Leak in yes. 1976's The Bad News Bears. Would grow up to be Freddy Krueger. We have Reggie Jackson playing himself in Naked Gun. Oh, nice pick, Mike. I must kill the queen. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> we have John Goodman and he's Babe Ruth in The Babe. Oh, my God. And Michael, this was like the best part of uh, the Pride of the Yankees. We have Babe Ruth playing himself in the Pride of the Yankees. Oh, my God. This might be the toughest one. You got to move somebody to left field. Like Barry Pepper, you'd have to move him to left <laughs> or field. Or second right? base. <laughs> exactly. Somebody's got to play out of position. But I, I kept them all to their positions that I found on the internet that, that I could confirm. So right field is loaded. Center field, they were loaded. Who do you pick? Oh, my God. Mike, this is this is far and away. Is Reggie Jackson going to finish fourth? <laughs> he might. I mean, uh, Babe Ruth twice and Roger Maris. And, and Roy, Roy Hobbs is the greatest baseball <laughs> Roy player. Roy Hobbs might be, if it's not Benny the Jet Rodriguez, it's Roy Hobbs. In fictional movie history, Roy Hobbs is the greatest. I'm going to pick Babe Ruth playing Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you don't pick the same. I feel like I have to pick that. No, I have to pick Roy Hobbs. Okay. I mean, they built the whole movie yeah. after him, and The Natural's <laughs> a really you know great movie. And the other characters are bit characters. And John Goodman is good as Babe Ruth, don't get me wrong. But Roy Hobbs is, uh, you know, Robert Redford. That, that's He's, again, the perfect, even-keeled baseball player, the stoic character in The Natural. Is Babe Ruth the greatest athlete of all time for guys like you and I who love hot dogs and beer? He's the greatest athlete of all time <laughs> for that reason. But he's also the greatest athlete of all time because he looks like the worst athlete of all time. Exactly. He's just Five an ugly, years. fat motherfucker who ate a lot and drank a lot and smashed home runs. He's five years retired in this movie. I'm like, oh, God, he looks like shit. <laughs> when I watched the, the Yankees, he looks like an old man. He doesn't look like – he looks like my grandpa used to look. <laughs> no offense, but my grandpa was like – 40 years after his playing days when I when I knew him in my early life. Probably watching movies like this with him. That's not the Babe Ruth I want in my lineup. <laughs> he, he stuck out like a sore thumb as not looking like a baseball player in the movie where they hired one actual baseball player to play a baseball player. Well, when you spend your off days injecting Crisco into your veins, you're, it's probably going to catch up with you after a while. 
It did. It definitely <laughs> did. Mike, segment two, we're to get right into it. Superlatives and best scenes. And this is this first award is called the I Ain't Too Old for This Shit Award. Because okay. there's so many good baseball stories about over the hill ball players still getting it done. Mm-hmm. We have Roy Hobbs in the natural. Wilford Brimley thinks he's too old to even play and won't even start him. Uh, and Wilford Brimley's been over the hill for 50 years, Michael. <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> Wilford Brimley went from the natural directly into diabetes commercials. That, that was his career arc. But he's looked like an old man for how many years? Seriously. I like told you, decades. when I just rewatched The China Syndrome, he's the exact same fucking looking guy. <laughs> exact same. <laughs> <laughs> and then Family Guy. Mike, right. we have Dennis Quaid. Uh, he plays the rookie. Uh, that is a true story. It's a great story, too. I loved it. Uh, Kevin Costner, and for the love of the game, literally has a Tom Brady, Robert Kraft meeting with the owner before he pitches that last game. Yeah. We have Chet Stedman. He's got to pitch game seven in Rookie of the Year. (laughs) Why? Because, you know, the kid didn't want to go. Right. For obvious reasons. All right. Then we have Tom Berenger as Jake Taylor calling his shot in Major League. Uh, then he could barely run to first. It's pretty terrific. Uh, all equally impressive. Yeah. What Kevin Costner, without giving away the entire ending of of uh, For the Love of the Game, what Kevin Costner uh, does in For the Love of the Game is so impractical and improbable. That's right. <laughs> that it has to go to him. I can't begrudge that. But for the performance as well, after listening to all the making of stories, Oh, this is tough, but I'm going to go with Tom Berenger as Jake Taylor because he really does look too old for the, all the shit, and he somehow pulls it off. Like, it's a great acting performance as I well. I don't know how Major League hit the tone and the tenor of the movie they did with that Brilliant. movie, but it's such it's perfect. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's heartfelt. I agree. And uh, this segment is going to only cover the essentials. Uh, we're going to talk about the funniest Brickma moment during Rookie of the Year. <laughs> okay. He is introduced by manager Sal Martinella as a guy who just kept following him around. So when he became Cubs manager, he had to make him his pitching coach. (laughs) That's your intro to this character played by Daniel Stern, who then starts choking on too many sunflower seeds in his mouth. What happened to Daniel Stern just in general? He was gold in the early 90s. It still made... I was crying laughing re-watching this YouTube cut-up. I'll have to put this on the episode tweet or something because it's hysterical. We have Brickma signaling in Henry from the bullpen. <laughs> it looks like he's swatting yes. at bees. Yes. And then like, at the end of it, they're like, no, that, that just means he wants the righty. <laughs> we have the speech about hot ice. This really is my funny. winner, Mike. This is, I mean, this is what, what comes to mind to me when I first think of Daniel Stern I, being in that movie. I can't blame you, but he does have an epic speech about food. He's like, on the team plane, he's like, on the field, we can serve our energy. On the road, we can serve our food. And he talks about <laughs> saving, like, the plain dessert for breakfast the next morning. I can and this see is- that hitting home with a young also, Mike. Oh, it's brilliant. I loved it. Uh, then he traps himself between the hotel doors, which is hilarious. <laughs> yes. Ooh, boy. Daniel Stern went from... Home Alones, to yeah. Rookie of the Year, to uh, City Slickers, and then he just fell off the map. I agree. It's sad. Like, he was just the, the man. He was like Rick Moranis levels yes. of, you know, high profile for guys like you and me growing up. 
our movie watching days. Absolutely. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say it's the introduction because that when he choked on the sunflower scenes, when I see Nat for the first time, I'd never thought that was possible. It made me laugh so hard for like days. I would cry laughing. So <laughs> good, good. That's my pick. All right, b- back to the serious stuff. We have the best speech about baseball. We have Susan Sarandon delivering the "I believe in the Church of Baseball" opening monologue in Bull Durham. It's we- it's it's very heartwarming. I've never really bought it though. <laughs> Okay, we have I'm the Luckiest Man on the Face of the Earth, final address from Lou Gehrig, a.k.a. Gary Cooper in Pride of the Yankees. Oh, God. We have the late night film session between, you know, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill's characters. And, you know, Jonah Hill goes on the diatribe. I won't spoil the scene, but basically you have somebody say, how can you not get sentimental about baseball in the film Moneyball? I think that might have been Brad Pitt's best performance before this year. I, I was blown away by that movie, and I, it's one of the most rewatchable baseball. It absolutely films. is. I agree. Yeah, we have the the underrated speech from otherwise goofball Jimmy Dugan in A League of Their Own. But when Dottie Henson is thinking about walking away, he goes, "The hard makes it great." Not that Jimmy Dugan speech. I thought you were going to go with here. Well, this is a serious section. The yeah. hard makes it great, and that's a great you know, uh, philosophical treatise on baseball right there from a league of their own. Finally, we have crazy ass James Earl Jones telling Kevin Costner not to sell while Mr. Busfield there, the bank manager yells at him. (laughs) We're going to evict you. This guy is just so many adverbs at what he's saying. It is a funny rewatch field of dreams. I did not expect that from a former best picture winner, but but it's not supposed to be right. It's, it's not intentional comedy. Look, what James Earl Jones says about baseball is beautiful. Yes. Let's, yes. let's be frank. So, best speech about baseball, Michael. I mean, it's I, – I, I would probably say Moneyball for me. Mm-hmm. But, one, because I haven't seen Friday the Yankees, I said that. But that – thinking about what a man like Lou Gehrig, who had accomplished all he had in his life, knew he was dying of a disease that nobody had ever seen before, so it gets named after him, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I mean, giving that speech at that moment in time, I can't even bring myself to come close to imagining what must have been going through his head and how emotional a moment that must have been. Well, I'm going to pick that one for, yeah. for that reason and because I know the historical gravity of the situation. But, Michael, it actually reversed a bias I had always had about movies. Don't end your movie with a speech. Yeah. And they ended that movie with a speech, and I thought it was perfect. I there love you it. go. I mean, I, if you're going to end it with a speech, you might as well do it with that one, right? Yeah. I mean, if you really watch that clip online of Lou Gehrig delivering the speech, it, it makes you tear up. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. Mike, the best coaching pep talk in a baseball movie scene. We have Brad Pitt, uh, the is losing fun scene as Billy Bean in Moneyball. <laughs> we have the scene at, at second base in between innings between Jackie Robinson and his second baseman. Maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42. I mean, that was a touching moment. That was. We have uh, All Right. Get out there and do the best you can in a great, great acting scene from Walter Matthau. After he delivers the worst speech ever to the kids, he just basically tells them, all right. And the kids are like, all right, let's go out and do the best we can from the Bad News Bears. We also have uh, the This is a Simple Game speech from the manager in Bull Durham. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. And, of course, the, the rest of this speech is sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes it rains. 
But that, that's a great speech, right? Am I too bitter of a human being that I was – maybe I'm thrown off by the love story in Bull Durham to appreciate the baseballness of it because it's never been a movie I was crazy about even though I played baseball for 20 years in my life. I rewatched it last night. No, you're not, Mike. No, you're yeah, not. The right. movie like gets weird. Like it shouldn't be a romance for the for right. the love of the game. Should be, if just make a baseball movie yeah, that's, and then make right, a romance. Good. good. <laughs> so I it's like know. I should pick that speech, but I'm not going to because I'm just I have this bitter taste in my mouth about Bull Durham, other than the stuff on the field. Um, well, you got yeah, those look, four pep talks. Yeah, the, the maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42 again. It just rings true, and it was not, it wasn't even a quick thing. It was like a nice little sentimental moment when they're taking the field, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean it's he's getting uh, he's getting heckled yeah, he's severely. Getting harassed Not just heckled. Fans, I mean, right. the hate crimes they're they're yelling racial slurs at him. It's it's really tough. And then the second baseman, you know, tries to show the uh, you know the crowd that uh, hey we're friends and it is a nice moment. And you know it's a bit of a white savior moment in that film that is anything but. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's under consideration. I would say I can't endorse anything from the Bad News Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't do it. I, I, I'm going to have to go with the money ball scene here from Brad Pitt. I thought that was a good – it rang true as like this anticlimactic, awkward baseball manager speech that we got from our managers throughout our you yeah. know, our lives. I like mean – they never build to a great crescendo, right? They just always just leave flat, <laughs> feeling bad about yourself. Yeah, they didn't have the penchant for the dramatic, I would say, the coaches I had uh, for the most football. part growing up. No, I think it's all baseball coaches. They don't. It's just like, this game, you're going to fail seven <laughs> times out of ten if you're lucky. Go out there and do it. No, I mean, football coaches are getting you ready for, you know, run, run through a wall. wall. Yeah. There's crescendos in those speeches. Like, you had a, a General Patton, you know, every football coach I've ever had given me a speech. So. I remember when I was coaching, I coached for like five or six years after my playing career was done. And I was mm-hmm. coaching the all-star team. Uh, and we were like one win away from going to districts or something, basically. And I gave, like, I worked on my pregame speech. I remember it was short. It was sweet. It was really fucking good. I nailed it. The kids were all hyped up. We got blown the fuck out. <laughs> you, if you get the kids too high, then they don't, you know, focus on all the details so you can't hype them up for a baseball speech it's got to be this you know deadpan wah, wah, wah ending <laughs> just like have. brad pitt delivered in Moneyball. yeah so I, I that's my pick i want to put something on record here mm-hmm. all my answers would probably be Moneyball if i could if i wanted to go that direction because i'm infatuated with that movie so that's, i i, that's I just didn't point. want to pick it a billion times in a row is all all right worst coaching pep talk scene in a baseball movie and this is like, these are good scenes for the most part. It's just bad pep talks again. On opening day, we have Sweet Lou Brown in Major League saying that every single newspaper man has picked us to finish dead last. They think we should save everybody the effort and just go out go there and, there shoot, and shoot ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> terrible, terrible speech. Now, this is a terrible speech, too, even though it's a great scene. There's no crying in baseball from, from Jimmy Dugan. And what are you, crying? Brown. There's no crying. <laughs> it's a great, great scene. Terrible speech. Totally ineffective. In front of everybody, too. Oh, <laughs> like just, in the just, middle of a game. Assassinating himself with that, that player of his for the rest of his life. Just chewing her out there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have, uh, we have the deal from the half to from Chet Stedman in Rookie of the Year. And he walks away. What the heck was I talking about? We have the quick double cut to Henry Rohngar on the mound. He's like, what the what heck, the heck was, he was he talking, talking about? 
<laughs> that's a good scene again now we have the scene in the sandlot where this is either the ghost of babe ruth in the kid's closet or this is a very elaborate ruse by the most creative <laughs> pedophile ever but essentially what this ghost of babe ruth slash perhaps a pedophile is saying <laughs> to mike vitar there jenny the, uh, benny the jet rodriguez he's like kid we all get one chance to do something <laughs> legendary your chance is coming as an 11 year old boy oh boy <laughs> in this meaningless game with your friends the next day oh no <laughs> but not, not only does he tell him that which is just preposterous telling this kid that your life is about to peak at 11 years old right but he's also telling the kid you need to go into this beware of dog fenced in place to get this baseball that allegedly i signed right with babe ruth which must be grossly devalued after the dog's been chewing on it. Slobbering and chewed up. Stained, drooled over. Yeah. I mean, the price for that baseball is going down to nothing. Forever. <laughs> so that's an awful, awful pep talk. <laughs> I would the agree. Record. Also, putting the pedophilic spin on it has really, I think, disqualified it. That's true. And then we got the one more loss speech from Danny Glover, which is one actually more a good... loss. That could have been a win! He's kicking, he's, he's kicking everything, the batting, you know, all the baseball bats. He uh, flips over the food table and mm-hmm. the fat catcher is just like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> it's a good scene. <laughs> See, I go with Tom Hanks, though. Like, Danny Glover would be up there, but he at least did yeah. that in private. Tom Hanks is dressing down his players who lack confidence as it is in the middle of a game in front of everybody. And it basically be... making fun of them for having a mental breakdown. It might be the best scene in any baseball movie yeah. of all time. So it just as a movie scene, I totally agree with you. That's my pick as well. Mike, we have the best winning streak mid-movie montage. We have uh, in Major League, every time we win, we peel a section. <laughs> we have the Rookie of the Year strikeout montage. Yes, of course. We have the Oakland A's actual winning streak in Moneyball mm-hmm. from GM Brad Pitt. He's also coaching up players in the weight room with Jonah Hill there in between. Then we have an underrated montage, Runaround Sue, when the little big league twins start playing ball together and start winning. That's a great baseball movie montage by the way you included the clip of it and i just clicked on it so maybe our audience might hear the beginning few seconds of the audio of it but i'm just clicking through it now because i don't remember this off the top of my head oh it's 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 a really good uh, baseball movie surprisingly good that uh disney or was it disney i don't know but i think it was disney as a matter of fact kids baseball movies when we were growing up actually have some pretty damn good baseball in them you know what always pissed me off about them though is that they never used real players and they always were up against the yankees that's true like i always had to deal with like a john crook look-alike with the fabric yankees fabric stretched out over him with a full beard who no yankee ever has like come on man put bernie williams in there I think it was either Kevin Moss or Kevin Elster was used in uh, Little Big League, I believe. I should have put him in the in the pick your lineup because you might have been tempted to pick him, especially because he was like a, he was one, one of the bare bone positions. Second baseman, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin anyway. Moss was. Uh, all right. Uh, I mean, everything about the major league motivation—it's so inappropriate now in 2020. But that it's the true. owner is such a, a a bad person, and she's actively rooting for her team to lose and trying to handicap them, and they get their this is their rallying cry. That's a very chauvinistic movie in 2020. The more I think about it, and I want to stop uh, thinking about it because I enjoy it. So I'm going to pick that and just walk away. 
Runaround Sue is, in terms of cinematic goods delivered, just rewatching that this morning. I, it's a late edition. I got to pick it, though. It was a great movie montage, even though the, the one I remember most is probably the Major League or Rookie of the Year one. Right. But, all right, I'm going to go with Little Big League for something. I'm on, yeah, I'm just watching it now. It does look I, – I do not remember this. I remember the movie, like the basics of it. I don't remember specifics, but much better baseball shot than I thought, than I remember this uh, having this movie being. That's what I'm telling you. Anyway, Mike, we got the most memorable transitional scene in a baseball movie, and I'm sure I can write something down. I can write a million scenes down, but these three come to mind. We have the meeting on the mound t- talking about wedding gifts uh, in Bull Durham. Which is just classic. Yes, where <laughs> the, the 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 players all go to the mound. He's like, my glove is cursed. My uh... <laughs> rule of thumb for whenever you and I get around to writing a movie, we have yeah. to include a Kevin Costner conversation with a catcher on the mound because even his speech in For the Love of the Game has highlights when he's when he calls up uh, when he calls John C. Riley to the mound to talk. It's a it's a great scene. We have the Wild Thing entrance music in Major League. Another great scene. Classic. And then we have the umpiring scene in the Naked Gun. It's just supposed to be this transitional scene to the you know climax of the film with Reggie Jackson and all that. It's hilarious. Strike. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the winner. <laughs> yeah, it probably has to be the winner. Even though the Burl Durham scene is very good. It is. No, no, I, I mean, all three of these are great picks. But uh, Enrico Palazzo is an inside joke my brother and I still repeat to this day to each other because of that movie. So I have to pick it. All right, which is more unfair? This is not a scene. It's just like a circumstance. Which is more unfair to the game of baseball? Okay. We have Air Bud, seventh inning fetch, (laughs) or Ed with the monkey. We basically have Matthew LeBlanc and a monkey in that movie. Oh, my God, Mike. What a deep pick. We're using other species. Like, you can use a horse. Like, if you can use a monkey and a dog, you can use a horse and run the bases, and he's just, you know, teacher. But this is unfair. I get what you're going at here. I've had conversations where I've made this argument. Airbud is the greatest athlete of our generation. He can That's do right. everything at a professional level and do it seamlessly. So he's my answer because he's a cheat code in real life and he can do every sport. All right. Well, I'm going to fill it out. I'm going to pick something else myself. Rookie of the year, he's using the surgically enhanced cyborg. Oh, I thought arm. you were giving me the options to pick between those two, between Airbud or Ed. Oh, so there's oh, no, more. Picks. I got a whole list. Okay, I okay. I'm sorry. Scroll down for a second. I thought no. Beak. I thought I thought this was a list of either ors. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have rookie of the year, cyborg arm. Yep. We have we have the angels in the outfield. God answers baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt's prayers. <laughs> misleading all kids in the world about why parents get divorced. Jesus Christ. Okay. And basically he, he tampers with the game. You're right. Angels. <laughs> Just for fun. We have Crash Davis telling the hitter that Nuke Lelouch is about to throw him a curve. Mm-hmm. That's unfair. In eight men out, they throw the World Series. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's unfair. Yeah, that is that does qualify. I agree. <laughs> or we have the actual 2019 Astros who basically steal signs and then via a buzzer system, they take away the most advantageous, oh. pure guessing game in closer history oh. from Aroldis Chapman and that wicked slider or that unhittable fastball. <laughs> and they tell the hitter what's being thrown and chapman fucking knew it too that's why he was smiling when altuve hit that goddamn slider chapman knew they were cheating the whole time oh that means such a bad mood well it's the it's the answer right yeah, ain't the god god's hand on yeah. the angels in the out- no I'm- <laughs> it beats god jose altuve beats a spiteful god well, nick mundy's not coming on our no show again, no unfortunately. unfortunately i don't think so <laughs> 
friend of the show, Astros fan, <laughs> Avengers Endgame review. Anyway, yeah. all right, best finale, Mike. But I'm not going to spoil these. So just uh, mention the movie. We have the finale of Moneyball, the Natural, Field of Dreams, Major League, Rookie of the Year, or a League of Their Own. Best finale. I think the Natural is one of the best cinematic songs with uh, just scores. I guess it is because it has no words in in movie history. I that song is still used today in real Major League parks. So I think that's would be my pick for that reason. I'm going to say the movie that makes you learn the most about life and baseball is a league of their own. Mm-hmm. Probably. I'm going to go with that one. I think that makes it's a lot tough. Of sense. Tr- it's tough to pick though. Cause yeah, I like the money ball. I like the money ball act three, even though I like the money ball late act two better, but I tough. hate the way Moneyball ended. It makes me angry. Like I, I kind of like it. I it reminds me of the whole book and it's episodic. But again, it's a come down. It's anticlimactic. Yeah, I agree it with is. And regard. I mean, the, you know, the Yankees had the A's numbers back in those days, so there's not really any many other ways you can write it. But still, I just it gets me mad. He deserved better. The, I think the older we get, the more we'll like that ending because it's very Clint Eastwoody, yeah. where it's just like, gosh darn it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a man. This is the way I'm gonna stick are. to my principles. Yeah. Well, anyway, all right, we just pick the best movies now out of all these choices. Mike, the best kids movie, Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, The Sandlot, Little Big League, or pick your Bad News Bears. So I'm just picking these personally for me, right? Not overall right, your as a critic. Movie. All right, your favorite movie. My favorite one of these was Angels in the Outfield. I was never a big Sandlot guy. Rookie of the Year I liked. I wasn't crazy uh, about I don't remember Little Big League, and I didn't watch the Bad News Bears until I was an adult, both versions. So I would pick Angels in the Outfield. And I didn't give the Angels in the Outfield a lot of pub in this episode because I think it's the rival of Rookie of the Year. Yes. And Rookie of the Year is better, in my opinion. (laughs) I'm angry with you now. A lot of people would pick The Sandlot. I know that's a good movie. My brother actually was pissed that I didn't put more, because I I sent him this, that I didn't put more Sandlot in Everybody. I mean, we're going to get hate mail from people because that movie is beloved, but it just didn't do it for either one of us. All right. Best slash worst romance, I guess. Uh, Bull Durham for the love of the game. Fever pitch, trouble with the curve. What about the Jimmy Fallon one with Drew Barrymore, where they come on the field and uh, was that fever pitch? Yeah, fever pitch. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> boy, these are all terrible. <laughs> I mean, the the best romance might be the Tom Berenger, Jake, uh, Jake the catcher in Major League, <laughs> right. with the long lost flame. <laughs> right. It might actually be. It's the most. It's the most bearable romance of any of these movies for me. Uh, yeah. So best slash worst, I, oh God, I guess for the love of the game, just because it made that movie feel like it was eight hours long. I don't know. I think Susan Sarandon and uh, Kevin Costner give some great, you know, elevated dialogue speeches in Bull Durham. Yeah. I mean, it got nominated for best original screenplay. So I'll, I'll go with that one if I have to pick one of the four. Yeah. All right, uh, we have Best Comedy, and this is harder than you think. Major League and Major League Two, Major League Three, back to the minors. We don't talk about Major League Three. That's right. <laughs> the Bad News Bears, 76 or 2005. I almost want to disqualify this next movie because this movie just offends everybody all the time, the bench warmers. I the best? love that movie. No, you don't. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so How? stupid funny. It's, it's so, so bad. Stupid. John Lovitz uh, has a robot butler in that movie, Mike. movie is awful. <laughs> Brewster's Millions is is it's got its moments, sure. even though Richard Pryor's pretty coked out. Uh, a League of Their Own is is funny, even though it could be in other categories. Mister Three Thousand, I mean Bernie Mac is just funny. I remember watching that movie; it's so watchable, it's funny. It's it's still okay, right? I don't think I've ever seen Mister Three Thousand. As a matter of fact, oh, see it. It's yeah. it's 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 all right. Uh, Naked Gun, 
Naked Gun, I don't think, is a baseball movie, so you could probably disqualify it for that reason. But best comedy. Uh, well, look, if, Nick, if any of these are on, I'm probably watching Naked Gun the most. But I think if it's not Naked Gun, it'd be Major League. And I think Major League is more impressive by what it does, does overall because it's not just a comedy. So I, I, I'll, uh, I'll say Major no, League. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. It's Major League because beat for beat, that movie yeah. is really effing funny. Like Bob Euchre just t- listen to this crowd <laughs> cheering on the idiots. <laughs> Another sold like, out crowd. Nobody's there. <laughs> It's a, it's that's a hilarious movie. All right, um, what's the most far fetched fantasy baseball movie? We've already <laughs> talked about this a little bit, but we have uh, we have Ed Matthew LeBlanc and a chimpanzee form the nucleus to a great team. <laughs> we have Air Bud seventh inning fetch. Right. We have Rookie of the Year. We have Angels in the Outfield, or we have Best Picture Oscar nominee Field of Dreams. Mike, what if I told you that getting a Golden Retriever and a monkey to play professional baseball was the most realistic pitch of any of these. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess Angels in the Outfield or Field of Dreams, they're kind of the same thing. God has to shine on you and decide to listen to you exactly and give you exactly what you want. And everybody around you just got to kind of accept that that's actually happening and not want to arrest you. So... <laughs> I think it's Field of Dreams. I just, I mean, I understand the angels in the outfield. If you believe in angels, you can believe in it. Like, Field of Dreams is just like combining all this nonsense. Like, this man is crazy. He's hearing people, voices in the fields tell him to do shit. Nobody else hears it. Yeah, that's then, the same like, premise. If you were to pitch, if you were to pitch Field of Dreams, it'd be the same premise as 1922, that Netflix horror movie. But then there's like an added, you know, uh, wrinkle where these are obviously cosplayers just being the Black Sox who were whispering to him. And so you have like this whole reality angle where it could be just a hoax being put on this poor farmer of these out of work <laughs> baseball players. Just, just farm hands from a competing a farm are coming over dressed as the Black Sox because they know they could take advantage of this guy's mental state. <laughs> it's an elaborate hoax. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, here's your here's your Oscar. Yeah, nomination. here's your Oscar. <laughs> it's a good movie though. It gets you in. It's emotional. So that that's my pick. What did you pick? Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, it's probably. Good. I think they're both the same. I think Angels in the Outfield and Field of Dreams rely on deity intervention. <laughs> Supernatural. Right. All right. So just the best nonfiction true story based on a true story baseball movie here, Mike. We have The Pride of the Yankees. We have The Babe. A League of Their Own. Sixty one. The Rookie and Moneyball. Well, 61 pretty much saved baseball at that time. Hmm. Uh, that, that home run race between Mantle and Maris. Uh, well, I'm not... Well, oh, you're picking the best story? Well, you said best... Not, well, so which which are the best movies of these? Well, yeah, which is the best movie, I guess. I don't know. Mm, well, then I have to say Moneyball. I have to say Moneyball. I do, too. It's Moneyball. Yeah. Mike, the best fictional baseball movie. Okay. We have Field of Dreams. We have The Natural, Burl Durham, Major League, and The Bad News Bears. Am I really going to pick Major League over all these? I think I am. I think it's Major League. I think the best movie is probably The Natural, but the one I like the most is Major League. But I'll go with The Natural there. You went with Major League. All right. All right. Best picture. Best picture. Include it all. What's your favorite baseball movie? Major League, A League of Their Own, The Natural, Bull Durham, Moneyball, The Pride of the Yankees, Field of Dreams, Pick anyone. It's tough. It's tougher than you'd think. Field of Dreams was really good if you watched it 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It doesn't hold up very well. A League of Their Own still holds up. 
I don't even know if I've seen The Natural all the way through in my life. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah. And I have to get on that. I know I've seen parts of it. I don't know that I've ever actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Well, what was cool about this whole rewatch, I I dabbled in rewatch clips. But I like over the last three months, all these movies have been on premium VOD right. for free. They've been on Netflix. They've been on uh, Amazon. They've been everywhere. So I've just been clicking on them. It ha- I, oh, God. I'm going to mm-hmm. say Moneyball. I think it's Moneyball. That's tough. It's t- To me, it's between Moneyball and A League of Their Own. A League of Their Major Own is League so good. As a sentimental fra- yeah. favorite. I think you're right, though. If I, as a movie critic, I have to pick Moneyball. But my favorite movie to rewatch might be A League of Their Own. That's a lot of fun. Over Major League. Yeah, I, I, it's just it's really funny. It's underratedly funny, and Jimmy Dugan is such a great character. There's a lot of great characters, like yeah, Marla Hooch. She makes me laugh a lot. And a Madonna character. Great. And she's an excellent actor. Yeah, she is. Madonna. I know. She's gotten a lot of shit, especially in the 90s when, like, Evita, when she was getting Golden Globe nominations and when she was uh, married married to Guy Ritchie at the time, she was getting totally. a lot of shit for her ability on camera. But I agree with you. Going back and rewatching some of her stuff, she can hold up. She is a very, very good actress. Um, yeah, this was a great exercise, Mike. And I remember when this we started fun. this thing, we said it was going to go 45 minutes. So we <laughs> flew by that market, but it was for good reason. I think this was a lot of fun. Great job by you putting this together, okay. as always. It'll go into the annals as another one of the Mike, Mike, and Oscar homemade award shows. As always, guys, obviously, we want to know your thoughts, your picks, and who would you give these baseball awards to? You can leave us those. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts. If you're spending your quarantine time with us, thank you very much for letting us try to entertain you for a little bit. If you appreciate what we do, if you could leave us a five-star review in the iTunes or the Apple podcast uh, app there, that would be greatly appreciated. Michael, fantastic job. Round of applause to you. Great job putting this together, buddy. Uh, What's coming next? And what do we have for words of wisdom? What's coming next? We have MMO Weekly. We have that episode already filling up where we're covering movie news. We're covering a lot of trailers and uh, all these streaming VOD quarantine movie reviews from us. Uh, Then we're going to do another Kevin Costner sports movie a week prior to the actual NFL draft day. We're going to review Kevin Costner's draft day, and we are going to criticize the hell out of it. (laughs) Can't get enough Costner. Too much fun. We're going to have too much fun for that. We always wanted to do that, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. And uh, next Thursday, which is before the following Thursday's NFL draft, Mike, I got some serious words of wisdom that I'll tie into this episode. Tom Hanks, as Jimmy Dugan said, it's the hard that makes it great. But I think that also applies to our current times. It's hard to survive the global pandemic. Uh, It would certainly be great, though, to think that we come out of this eventually. And it is heroic. It is downright heroic that so many medical professionals are risking their lives and working on our behalves and on behalf of our loved ones on a daily basis out there. My grandmother has COVID-19, and I'm... I'm trying to deal with that and reckon with that. She's on day eight or nine, and she's got so many nurses that are taking care of her every day that I see just in her room, you know, looking after her, waiting on her hand and foot and keeping her, you know, uh, keeping her alive in many ways. So I just I thank all of those on behalf of my family, all those great nurses and medical professionals, doctors that are risking their lives every day. You, you know, it's the hard that makes it great, but, it, you know, it, it, you guys are great. You're just great human beings, so thank you. Very well said, buddy. Uh, uh, obviously, 
underline and echo every one of those sentiments and uh, hoping for the best, obviously, for everyone affected by this. Hoping for the best, certainly, for your grandmother included in there as well. Thanks. Uh, very, very well said. Great words of wisdom there, bud. Uh, guys, when reality sucks, you can come around here, come watch these movies, hopefully have a few laughs, get your mind off things with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuff. We will see you all very soon. See Terry, Siva, Garvey, Schmidt, and by the blue.